Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and in just a moment, I will be joined by my co-host and friend, Nick Martin. But before I bring in Nick and we talk about our favorite underdogs and then break down the 12 games coming your way on Thursday, October 20th, a call to action. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and drop your Twitter handle or email, basically any way for us to track you down, our beloved director of audio, Matt Mitchell, will find you, and he will gift you a year-long subscription to Action Network Pro. So be sure to do that. Leave a five-star review. You can write anything in the review. As long as it's five stars, you can you know talk about how much your know, money I've lost you on the Arizona Coyotes over the years. Hopefully, you've made some of that back earlier this week, but it doesn't matter what you say in the review. Just leave five stars, and Matt will find you. And with that out of the way, I'll bring in Nick. As always, we'll start with our favorite Underdog bet. We have two today. We were in agreement last week on Tuesday. That one hit. That was a Buffalo Sabres at the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully our luck continues. Uh, Smaller dogs, but still good prices here. You go first. My pick here is the Canucks. They have started the season 0-4 with four consecutive multi-goal leads getting blown, which is pretty fascinating. But with that said, they have played better than that. Like If you had watched the entirety of those games, I think for 50 minutes of each of them, they're probably the better team. And the Wild have scuffled horribly themselves. Their goaltending situation is a train wreck. And this is just a spot where at this number, I'd rather bet on Thatcher Demko and the Canucks finally closing one of these games out than the Wild finding it when uh, their play's been pretty horrific too. Yeah, I like Vancouver too, plus 155. Uh, I guess the Wild right now, you can look at it a number of different ways. One of the ways, if you're trying to find an angle in on Vancouver and you want to sleep better at night, and you are betting on Vancouver on Thursday, you could say, look, they're doing something right. They're getting ahead in these games. They're getting ahead by multiple goals. And you, you'd you imagine that Demko, having Demko behind you, one of the best goalies in the league, some of these leads are going to get over the line. And like you said, the Wild, known as one of the best defensive teams in the league, 0-3, allowing 6.67 goals against per game. Obviously, that number is going to come down. And you'll see Marc-Andre Fleury trend better, but it's not like he's not had bad seasons in the past where he's no, just been bad for an entire season. So he's far from a lock to be a strong goalie this year. I don't know where he gets that perception that he has, like he's kind of just everyone loves him, but we talked about it in the preseason. He's not a lock to be a strong starter this year. And, and uh, we've already seen him resort to Gustafsson, which is a disaster. And I think it's just one where, I mean, someone has to win and they've both been bad, but I'd much rather have Demko on the bigger number here. Exactly. It comes down to the number you flipped it. We'd be talking about the wild here. My favorite underdog. I like the Los Angeles Kings. They're plus 170 in Pittsburgh. Tough spot. The Penguins are minus 200. The reason I like the Kings here, they're they're playing these high event games to start. I think that we could see another one. The over is 4-1 and one in LA versus Pittsburgh. And that just isn't what the Penguins want to do. They don't want to... They want to kind of play a controlled defensive style. They have a really good defensive structure under Mike Sullivan. And the, the goaltending, I think, is a complete wash, whether it's Jajari, DeSmith, Quick, Peterson, whatever combination of that, I think it's it's there's no real distinct advantage to make scare me off at this number. The Penguins are the better team. They're at home. 
the Kings are traveled across the country now, kind of in, in uh, fits and starts. They played in Nashville, won an overtime on uh, Tuesday night. But this is this was a really good five-on-five five team last year, the, the Kings. The Penguins were too. So I don't expect them to kind of just get played off the ice here. And you're getting a, a big number on a team that was really solid last year at even strength. I think it's big enough to, to go against Pittsburgh. I completely see where it comes from. I like I like where the Kings are a lot uh, are a lot this year. I think a lot of readers probably saw I was high on them with a lot of preseason futures. It is a tough spot. Is the one the yeah. one problem with this argument? But you're definitely getting a number to cover that. I think that is baked into the big number here. Another big underdog. This is part of the reason I actually like the Kings as we look at the rest of the board. The Ducks and the Bruins, right? Look at this price. Anaheim's plus one seventy five in Boston minus two twenty. The over under here is six and a half. There's a much wider gap between Anaheim and Boston than there is between Pittsburgh and Los Angeles. So I don't know why the, the numbers are, don't that's, really reflect yeah, that. That's a fair um, way of putting it. And sure. I've got nothing on this one. The price on Boston, who's a team that they're still dealing with injury issues. They're not, at least last year in their Bruce Cassidy era, they weren't really an offensive force. So they didn't profile as well as big favorites because they wouldn't score you or outscore you. in when they dominated, there would be times where the Bruins would put up 42 shots and allow 18 and lose just because they couldn't finish. So that always scares me with the Bruins. That said, the Ducks defense is just so leaky. 5.25 goals against average right now in the season. There are nine teams in the NHL averaging four or more goals against uh, per game so far, which is why we're seeing these over-unders. 11 of the 12 are at six and a half, including a Bruins game, which is kind of rare. Nothing for me here. I like it for a half unit for the Bruins to cover the spread, the puck line at plus 118. And I'd play that down to plus 110 for a half unit. I just think you could argue the Ducks are due. Like at some point, they got to play better. The roster shouldn't be this horrible, but it's hard for me not to want to fade them again. Like it's been ugly, so ugly. I don't know how they ever got up 2 0 uh, when we were fading them Tuesday night. And it finished as a 4 2 final, which I th- actually thought was quite generous to the Ducks overall play. They probably could have allowed five or six a lot of nights if the Devils didn't miss some empty nets and, and some breakaways and so on. So yeah, I don't know what's been going on with Anaheim. We've been on this since the first Kraken game. And I, I think every bit of Ducks hockey I've watched this year has been horrible, which again, they have the talent to turn it around to an extent. But yeah, I can't resist fading them, at least to some extent again, tomorrow versus a strong Bruins team, which kind of, they they kind of got embarrassed a little bit in Ottawa. It's a bit of a weird, weird spot there. We covered that Ottawa had all the advantages for that game. But yeah, I think we could definitely see the Bruins bounce back and, and we know they're just going to manage the puck a lot better, should make life tough on Anaheim to, to generate much. So, yeah, I think they're they're in with a good shot to cover the puck line at plus 118. The Nashville Predators, they're minus 120 on the road, traveling to Columbus, who were one of the teams, the latest team, to erase a multi-goal deficit against the Canucks. The Blue Jackets are even money at home. The over-under here, six and a half. I like the Preds. This will be my first bet on Nashville, a team that generally I think is overrated. But the Blue Jackets, they're... Just they're going to be leaky. It really comes down to what version of Elvis Merz Lickens or Daniel Tarasov or Eunice Corposalo shows up for them in goal when, when they play. We should get you Saros in this one as long as we do. I like the Predators as a favorite. I would play it even a little higher than this at you know, minus 130. Yeah, I like the Preds as favorites too here. Or as Pickham, I like them a lot. I like them as slight favorites. And yeah, it's just going to be hard for Columbus to prevent allowing a lot of high danger chances all year long. We saw all of last season, and the situation really hasn't gotten much better. Eric Gudbranson was obviously brought in as a high-profile signing based off what they paid him, but a lot of people suspected he might struggle in a tougher role without 
the Flames defense without Sutter system kind of helping to insulate him. And he has been just getting caved in at five on five. Andrew Peaky's also not doing very well at five on five. So they're kind of, they're already trying to work against a lot of guys who are just, I really don't think very good. And I think uh, it's a good spot to keep selling on this Columbus team. This team is all about, like I said, the goaltending, what version of the goaltender comes up. And, and if they get moments of magic from Gaudreau or if Patrick Line, when he comes back, he won't be back till beginning of November. Like, so without line A there, the margin for every widens or gets thinner, I should say, for Columbus because it comes down to Gaudreau and, you know, Jake Voracek really and Cole Sillinger and I guess if you want to throw in there. But I like yeah, Nashville here as a, as a road favorite on Thursday. Let's talk about your Washington Capitals. It's basically a pick em for them on the road against the Senators. Minus 105, the Caps are a slight, slight underdog. The Senators minus 115 off of that wild 7-6 win over the Bruins in which they almost gave up two separate three-goal lead over under six and a half. I lean towards Ottawa here. The Capitals, they're dealing with some suspension slash injury issues. Kuznetsov is out. Connor Brown, out long-term. So not good for the depth for the Washington top six. They did sign Sonny Milano, but he'll take a while to catch up to speed. So yeah, I think it's a good spot. Caps on the road dealing with injuries. Ottawa, we know what they're, they're going to be helter-skelter. They can score but they also will give up a ton of goals. So you're banking on that defense, just hanging with Washington. And with what I've seen out of the Caps so far, I'm not too worried about laying just a little bit of juice with Ottawa at home. Yeah, I like a play with the Senators here, unfortunately. And I do, you know, I like that Connor McMichael's going to slide into the lineup. I think they're still going to skate more depth than uh, people think, but I'm kind of coming around that I think Ottawa are about to go on a bit of a run that felt like, even though it got a little ugly, felt like a good win the other night. And I could see them kind of carrying it out. It seems like they're really excited to get things moving in the right direction and, and get it going again at home in this spot. So yeah, I kind of think it's just one where unfortunately it's a little easier to see Ottawa taking it as a pick em. And then I guess the last note I'll touch on, like to talk about the caps getting kind of thin, like they're going to line up Lars Eller as first line center for this game. That's how they practiced. So I love Eller. He's a great guy. He scored the cup winning goal. <laughs> so respect him for that. But I don't like the way that has them matching up against a pretty talented Ottawa top six. Yeah. Lars Eller, great third line center. Not what you want. In his leading, day. Leading, <laughs> yeah, his yeah, day yeah, yeah right. third line center. Not, not the uh, the guy you want leading the line here. Uh, the New Jersey Devils and New York Islanders will meet at 7.30 p.m. The, at UBS Arena. The Devils are plus 120 on the road. The Islanders minus 140. The over-under here is six. The Devils and Islanders are both interesting because I don't think we know anything about them yet at all. With the Islanders, it comes down to quality competition. I know they played the Panthers, but that was the opening game of the season. Then they pasted the Ducks. Then they pasted the Sharks. They won on aggregate 12-3 in those two games. They played the Panthers well, but like I said, that was the first game of the season. First game for the Islanders under a new coach. First game for the Panthers under a new coach. Panthers working in new parts. It's really hard to gauge anything from there. So putting the Islanders aside, then you talk about the Devils. They start the season 0-2, but they were much better at five on five than their opponents in those two losses. Then they fall behind two, nothing to the ducks, but they were, they were tilting the ice in the right direction against them too. Uh, that the goaltending has just been really shoddy. So that is exactly what happened with the devils last season, right? Their five on five metrics were fine. were much more akin to a team that would be around the playoff bubble, maybe a little below it than where they actually ended up, which was like 30 points adrift more than that because of their goaltending. But in this situation, the Devils are going to have a distinct disadvantage in goal. Like 
it's one thing if Mackenzie Blackwood's going up against Anthony Stolarz or, you know, Vitek Vanacek is going up against Anthony Stolarz, but it's another thing when he's going up against Ilya Sorokin, who came into the year as a third favorite uh, for the Vezina. I was a little surprised. I thought the Islanders actually would be like a little bit shorter than this, maybe minus 150, maybe it'll get there. Uh, but I got nothing here. It's just trying to figure out who these teams are at this point. Yeah, I think that's exactly where I'm at. I would actually, this is, I think, the only game of the night with a total of six, I think I saw. And yes. I'd lean to the over at that. It's just, they're going to hit, like the other night, that Ducks-Devils game, 4-2 was the lowest possible variation of that game. That was with a ton of missed chances. Like that was, I think anyone who watched it would probably agree with that. And I just think there's going to be so many nights where the Devils score at a, score a good clip and hang around, but it's just going to be hard for them to keep the puck out of their net. And the other thing I'd say too is like, I think each of the last couple of years, how bad the goaltending has been, hasn't been, I think the part of the missed narrative has been that if the defense has been pretty awful, there's been a lot of high scale breakdowns consistently. And I think there's been a lot where like they're a team I watch and their defensive analytics are a little favorable, I think to the rest of the play. I think we even saw that in the early going this year where those losses got completely pinned on the goalies and you watch and it was like, okay, well they gave up more goals that were simply unstoppable to any netminder than the other team got or than they got. So it's, I think, a bit of both. But at the same time, like, you could clearly see in the back two periods of the Ducks game, they came to life and they just absolutely took it to them. And I think you can see, like, I think Jack Hughes is the guy that's due for a big game. He's all over in that contest. So I think this is one, there's a lot of handicapping angles I want to watch for. But yeah, like you said, it's I think it's just a good spot to kind of gather some info. I mean, meanwhile, the Islanders, after playing under Barry Trotz for, you know, three, four years, they look at the completely different philosophical team breaking out of the zone early, going north south. Basically, the, every time they turn the puck over, you know, steal the puck away, they're looking straight up the ice. That's not what you'd see under trots. So they're playing a more open style. They're giving up some chances, but they're betting on themselves to come out ahead. So the over could be interesting because I think the Islanders are still being priced in the over under market like the team that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but they do have Sorokin, so you just you know that's a scary one to to go against in a weird way. Like I have a, a bunch of plays. We've already talked about a few of them. We'll talk about a c- couple more as we go down the stretch here. But of all the games, that's and I'm not and I am an Islander fan, so maybe I'm biased. But that's the this is the game I'm kind of most interested in because I think we're gonna actually learn something about these two teams, which we we haven't done yet. We'll move on to the later games now. We'll go to Western Canada, where the Oilers are minus 120 at home. The Hurricanes are even money on the road. The over-under here is six and a half. The Oilers, they outplayed the Sabres. You and I were on the Sabres. That was our underdog on Tuesday. And when you bet a team like that against a team like Edmonton at a price like we got, you're basically saying, you know, close your eyes, hold your nose, pray for good goaltending, and, and that you get lucky. And that parlay hit. Right. Like we yeah. got the goaltending. We got lucky. It's like margins of outplay is the way I think about it. When you yes. have a number like that, it's like, okay, what love? And the other thing is like the, you could say that, but I do think the Sabres definitely deserve to lead through two periods. They caught them with a lot of like really great counters. Like yeah, they deserved yeah. all the, all the goals they got for sure. So yeah, they got caved in horribly in the final 10 minutes. I was crying laughing as the, the Canadian commentator said, Buffalo did good not to sit back at the end of the game because <laughs> it was like what do you what were you expecting yeah, it's 10 minutes of the longest 10 minutes of my life <laughs> so anyways they sat back and got absolutely caved in but yeah on this game like 
personally for me, it's kind of still hurricanes are past, but it's a little scary to go against the Oilers again here. But I just think the hurricanes are a much more soundly structured, more welcome, well-composed team altogether right. across the board. I like their back end a lot more. But yeah. And like the comments, the thing that like, it's clearly already a big deal, this one and two start in Edmonton. And it's just kind of already one of those spots where it's scary to fade their top guys just coming up with a huge night. Yeah, I think your point there about the Hurricanes being composed is why I'm I'm leaning that way. I, I haven't played anything here, and I don't think I will. But the Oilers have mistakes in them. They just do. Like, that's the way they play. They want the puck bouncing both ends of the ice, back and forth, back and forth, because they have Connor McDavid and they have Leanne Dreisaitl. And if the game opens up like that, that's good news. But the Hurricanes are such a solid, steady bunch, and the Oilers aren't, that you can see Carolina limiting the mistakes and Edmonton not, and Carolina just playing them off the ice and the goaltending battle definitely tilts towards Carolina. So there, there is enough here, but the number is just, I don't think interesting enough. So I'll be passing. And as we now move to Calgary, they're minus 275 at home hosting Buffalo. We thank you so much, Buffalo. You're plus 230. You were plus 225 when we bet you against the Oilers. They closed shorter than that. So it does tell you what the difference between the Flames and Oilers now is in the market. The overrunner here is six and a half. Nothing for me here. Calgary, in my mind, like best, probably the best team in the league right now. So they were really good in that win. I went against them against back in the nights as an underdog on the road. Calgary played such a good game. Uh, and they just, they look like they've carried over their form from last regular season into this one. They could be, you know, this is an overreaction to three or four game sample, but they just, they look like a wagon. So not the time to get involved in the Sabres here. Yeah, I agree. It's one of those things we're both high in the Sabres. Like I'm not keen to go against them at that kind of a number, but yeah, just, just one where I think it's just a straight pass. Speaking of the Knights, let's close out this section before we get to our favorite bets of the night with Vegas hosting Winnipeg, the Jets plus 150, the Knights minus 175, the over under here, six and a half. Like I said, Calgary was just much, much better than Vegas on Tuesday night the five on five battle, everything kind of tilted towards the flames. Logan Thompson was really good in goal, but I don't know if we'll see him. I think we'll see Bruce Cassidy continue to kind of alternate starts as much as he can between Thompson, who is a rookie. So you want to protect his workload. If you really do think he's going to be the guy for you in the high stakes games later in the year. So we could see Aiden Hill against the jets who they had a decent first period. And then were basically shellacked against the stars in a four, one loss. I still remain pretty high on Winnipeg relative to what the numbers we see. So I would lean towards the Jets here at a good number. I don't just don't think the difference between this these two teams, especially right now when Vegas is, is adjusting to this new system, uh, you don't know what you'll get out of the goaltender. The number's just too big because the gap between them right now is just not as wide. Yeah, and, and we did see like Vegas got outplayed pretty bad by the Flames and not to just you know work back on like this team beat that team and that sort of thing. But we were questioning if Vegas partly looked a lot stronger with their 3-0 start because of the quality of competition. They beat the Hawks, the Kraken, and the Kings in 3-on-3. Three three. And uh, I just I think it was a little possible that they, maybe they got a little boosted after that. Uh, obviously, they lost somewhat respectably to Calgary last night, but I think it's one where, depending on where this line gets to on the back-to-back spot, I could see myself on the Jets as well, especially Nick Ehlers is day-to-day. Yep. But if he ends up in, I think we both agree that that line could end up being one of the better lines in the entire league. Nick Ehlers, Kyle Connor, and Mark Shifley. And this is, I've been low on the Jets for three years. I always think that back end is going to be hard to cover. 
but I think that line could be one of the best lines in the league. And, uh, they're one that I'm going to keep targeting player props wise. And, and then, yeah, as a team in this game, I like the jets most likely. All right. Uh, now we move on to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Thursday, October 20th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. I'll let you start because we're going to spend some time on the one that I'm picking. Okay. So mine is chalky. It's uh, but it's one of those ones. I look at the number and I, I just do not project it uh, being as much of a long shot as it is. So I am going with the Montreal Canadians over the Arizona coyotes parlayed with the Rangers over the sharks. I think both are pretty safe spots. I really have liked the play of Montreal overall to start this year. I don't really see how that number is sitting at minus one and 55. And I think it, it should be getting longer and, same goes with the Rangers. I think it's just a, they're a pretty safe favorite in this spot. We could see a surprise start for um, Halak just as the Rangers try to manage Chesterkin's minutes, but I, I think we're still fine with that. And I kind of like the angle that it's Quinn's return to New York. I think there's a lot of guys on that team that kind of want to stick it to him a little bit. And I think the way they've looked in the early going this season, they're very capable. Yeah, I think those are just two favorites. I think they're pretty safe. So plus 135 for each to win, I think is uh, an angle I like. I've got nothing on either one of those games. The prices, I mean, I just can't bet the Canadians at minus 155. I, I know that they've been good and, and they, they, they've punched up well in a couple wins over at Pittsburgh and, and Toronto, but uh, laying minus 155 on on that team and whoever's going to be uh, playing defense for them is, is tough. Although I will acknowledge the Arizona Coyotes beat Toronto on Monday night, then they had two days off in Montreal. So I'm sure that they celebrated that like they won the Stanley Cup. Could catch a fun. And game. some of these, some of these Habs D look legit. Yeah. Because yeah. I was saying that at the start of the year, but they got a couple of young guys who are playing really good. Gooey yeah. is really, really yeah, good hockey right now. So I think I was in that boat, but everything I've seen from them has been really impressive. So it's kind of one where I'm like, I think something's going on with St. Louis and that team right now. So I'm kind of happy to just back them in a spot that, uh, you know, they can move to three and two. Yep. So that would be I, fun. I, I like them there. My favorite bet, the Dallas stars plus one forty-five on the road in Toronto where Rome is burning. The Toronto Maple Leafs are two and two. They've lost to the teams that finished 32nd and 31st last season. They beat their, one of their two wins came against a team that finished 28th. I believe the senators ended up or, you know, in that area, none of them were close to the playoffs last year. As you can imagine, the city of Toronto is handling this situation with very cool, calm, collected heads. But the Stars, it's just as much about the Stars as it is about the Leafs here. Dallas looks really good. And what we've seen under Peter DeBoer and and what is kind of a decent sample size now because he's been around the league with a bunch of different teams is he gets these teams to start really well, especially in his first season. They're playing really well 5-on-5. Jake Ottinger off to a fantastic start and goal. He's a big step up compared to what the Leafs overall out there with uh, Ilya Samsonov, who uh, has won his two starts with Toronto, but has been a little leaky, letting in some some soft goals. You you know Sammy pretty well from his time with the Capitals, so that's not something that it should be surprising to anyone. And it's just that they're catching the Leafs at a great time, right? The Toronto, not only have they lost those two games, they haven't imposed their will really, uh, for more than some stretches, like they were down to nothing to the Coyotes, and then they decided to show up and they dominated. But then they took their foot off the gas again and and, and lost in, uh late in the third period on a on a you know it was a lot of weird officiating, but still you can't put yourself in that situation when you're a minus five thirty favorite. So 
you're getting a good number on a good team to go against what could be a really interesting situation. I think we both agree. It's likely that things will probably get a little worse in Toronto before they get better. The media pressure is just caving in on these guys. And they just don't really look like they're having a good time. No, I, I, I don't know how you would have a good time. Like, I truly believe it when uh, Matthew said he wants to stay. But then I think about situations like this, and I'm like, why would you want to stay? I wouldn't want to play there. It's like, it's four games into the year, and they're two and two, and it's hell. And yeah, I can, I agree. Like, right now, backing the Leafs as a favorite, as someone who's pretty favorable to them, is pretty scary. Like, if you're doing that, you're basically backing where they're going to go at this point in the season, not backing based off what you've seen. And I think that's kind of always a scary, scary way to look at things. Man, it'll be fun on Friday morning. <laughs> Dallas does pull it off. Uh, so I like the stars as my favorite bet for Thursday. You like parlay between the Canadians against the Coyotes, the Rangers against the Sharks, and our underdogs are Vancouver plus 155, the Kings plus 170. And with that, we wrap up another episode of Line Change. And a quick reminder, leave us a five-star review. Put a Twitter handle, email address, any way we can track you down in that review on Apple Podcasts. And our producer, Matt Mitchell, will find you and gift to you a year-long subscription to Action Network Pro. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Leboff. Good luck with all your hockey bets over the weekend, starting with Thursday. And we will see you again Tuesday morning.